Welcome to Mystery Recipe. I'm Molly Birnbaum, Editor-in-Chief of America's Test Kitchen Kids. Every week on Mystery Recipe, we'll be talking about the fun, fantastical, and fascinating sides of a different kitchen ingredient. And at the end of the season, we'll use all of the ingredients to cook a mystery recipe together. It's episode two of Tomato Week. Today, we'll be playing some tricky trivia in order to get more info on this week's star, tomatoes. Then we have an interview with a seed expert on Ask a Grown-Up. But before we get to any of that, it's time for our theme song. Looks good. I bet it tastes good. Ooh. All right, but who's it? What? Mystery Recipe. Welcome back to Mystery Recipe. I'm here at the Recipe Lab with Mitzi, my assistant and oven mitt friend who loves helping me with tricky trivia. Mitzi, today we have another round of true or false questions for you, this time about tomatoes. Ready for the first one? I'm ready, but I actually have one for you before we start. Oh, that's new. All right, Mitzi, I like it. Go for it. So, we all know about tomatoes, but many people have never heard of their cousins. True or false? There is a lesser known tomato relative called tomay fingers. <laughs> tomay fingers? Like tomatoes, but with fingers? Right. It's totally a real thing. I mean, if I were you, I'd guess true, but it's your game, so. I think. True? Were you about to say true? Sure, sure, Mitzi, true. Tomei fingers are just as real as Tomei toes. It's false! Aha! I gotcha, Molly! Oh, I totally made that one up. I'm sneaky. You don't say. Don't worry, Molly. I'm learning from the best. At some point, all pupils must surpass their teachers. Well, how about we try out some of my questions before you, you know, totally surpass me? That, uh... That sounds fair. Let's go. All right, here's your first one. Most people in the United States weren't eating tomatoes until the middle of the 19th century. So, is that true or false? Huh, that's more of a history question than science. Uh, wait, century? What century are we in right now, Molly? Fair question. We're in the 21st century, so we're thinking about a time that was almost 200 years ago. That's back when our listeners' grandparents weren't even born yet. Wow. Tomatoes feel like they've been around forever. Everything's got to start somewhere, but that wasn't that long ago. Hmm. I'll say false. The answer is actually true. While the Mayans and other Mesoamerican people in what is now Mexico may have been eating tomatoes for thousands of years, they are relatively new to the United States. For many years, tomatoes were thought of as poisonous in the U.S. <gasps> poisonous? They can't be! They're delicious! I agree, and luckily they aren't poisonous. But many people thought they were. Ew. Even though farmers knew how to grow them, they weren't often used in cooking until the mid to late 1800s. Poisonous tomatoes? I definitely did not see that one coming. <laughs> All right, are you ready for your next one? Yeah! True or false? Tomatoes are fruits, not vegetables. So is this true or false? 
Are tomatoes considered fruit? Huh, tough question. Apples and oranges and blueberries are fruits. That's correct. Those are all sweet. Uh, potatoes and carrots and lettuce are vegetables. Also correct. Those are more hearty and, and feel more like dinner than dessert. If I have a fruit salad, I do not want to have tomatoes in it. And if I have a salad salad, I definitely do want tomatoes in it. I'm going to say false. Tomatoes totally feel more like vegetables. It's actually true. Tomatoes are fruits. What? I'm 0 for 2. Maybe I'm not quite as smart as you yet. I think you're plenty smart, Mitzi. Being wrong sometimes has nothing to do with how smart you are. Making mistakes is an awesome way to learn. But wait, tomatoes are fruit? What's next? Cucumbers are too? Actually, yes. A fruit is technically the fleshy or ripened part of a plant that encloses its seeds. The ripe who's what? 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 Basically, a fruit is anything that has seeds on the inside. That means peppers, cucumbers, eggplant, green beans, peas in a pod. All fruit. Okay, my mind is officially blown. But I think I'm going to leave fruit salad the way it is. Dropping some green beans in there might be a little too wild for me. I love safety. That's a good idea. We'll save some fruit for the salad salad where it belongs. Now you have me rethinking so many other recipes, too. Fruit casserole could be great. Maybe a nice fruit parmesan. Pickled fruit. Ah, so many possibilities. (laughs) Yikes, what have I started? Thanks for your help with this tricky trivia segment, Mitzi. But let's save the recipe testing for another episode. Yep, let's leave that for our young chefs at home. Besides, now it's time to hear from a seed expert in Ask a Grown-Up. But first, a message from our sponsors. You know what that means, Mitzi. Grown-ups, this ad is for you. Hey, grown-ups. If you're anything like me, it's easy to let grocery shopping fall to the bottom of your to-do list. Kroger's grocery delivery service has taken the stress out of the process. You don't even need to leave your house. Shop online and get fresh groceries delivered to your house in as little as an hour. And who doesn't love a delivery? My daughter Olive sure does. It's a Pax's. What do you think is in it? I don't know. This is all special for you, Olive. The nice people at Kroger sent us all these snacks just for you. Learn more at Kroger.com. What does that look like? A tree. A tree? It kind of looks like grapes. And what's that? All right, we are back, and now it's time for Ask a Grown-Up. Our friend Chad interviewed Sierra Martin, an officer from the Global Crop Diversity Trust. The Crop Trust works with the Svalbard Global Seed Vault, which is a seed storage facility. The seed vault is located on a remote island in the Svalbard archipelago. But Sierra works in Germany. We spoke with her on the phone. Take it away, Chad. Today we are talking with Sierra Martin who is an officer of the Crop Trust. Sierra, can I ask you to introduce yourself? Of course. My name is Sierra, and I work for the Crop Trust in Bonn, Germany. We support the Svalbard Global Seed Vault, which is located near the North Pole. So what is a seed vault? 
So a seed vault is a seed storage facility that holds copies of seeds from gene banks around the world. Um, the Svalbard Global Seed Vault is a fail-safe facility that is actually the largest collection of crop diversity on Earth. It acts sort of like a safety deposit box at the bank. For seed banks, they like to send a copy of their seeds in case something happens to their first collection. And those copies can be stored at the seed vault for safekeeping and retrieval at a later date. Where is the Svalbard Seed Vault located? So the Seed Vault is located on a remote island in the Svalbard archipelago, halfway between mainland Norway and the North Pole. It's actually the farthest north you can fly on a commercial airline. And why is it located there? The Seed Vault is located in Svalbard for many reasons, um, but the biggest one is for safety and security. In Svalbard, there are actually more polar bears than people, and the people that are there are relatively a small community. And how would you describe uh, what a seed is? Why are seeds important? I like to describe seeds as miracles. Everything you eat and drink has its basis in seeds. Inside a seed, there's an embryo, um, and that's essentially just a little undeveloped plant waiting to grow into something that you're used to seeing in the world. This little seed itself will then turn into whatever crop that seed is from, whether it's an apple or an orange. Um, and seeds can really vary in size and shape. They can be as tiny as a grain of dust or as large as 60 pounds. They come in so many different forms, but they're all really extremely important for our food systems. So a seed is a plant waiting to grow out of the ground. How many seeds are there in the Svalbard Global Seed Vault? As of today, there are nearly 500 million seeds from every country on Earth stored in the seed vault. Wow, that's amazing. 500 million seeds. Do you know if you have any tomato seeds in the seed vault? We do. We have over 9,000 samples of tomato in the seed vault, which is a lot. And you might be thinking, well, why do we need so many varieties of tomato? But each of these varieties is a bit different from the other. Um, think about humans. You and I have different traits. You might have blue eyes, I have green eyes, and that makes us unique. Well, tomatoes and other crops are the same, and it's the different traits that they have that can help them fight off pests or diseases. This can help them overcome challenges that they face when growing out in the real world, which is why it's so important to have so many of them conserved. Why is it important to have varieties of tomatoes for so many different countries? Food is important all around the world, and different food comes from different parts of the world. So, for example, take the hamburger. That sounds like a very American dish. But in fact, the sesame seeds for the bun come from India, the wheat comes from the Near East, the lettuce from the Mediterranean, the pickles from South Asia. And so you can easily see that something seemingly simple, like hamburger, really takes crops that grow and originate from all around the world. Have seeds ever been taken out of the seed bank? Yes, so the first withdrawal from the seed bank happened in 2015, when war broke out in Syria. Prior to this, I think people looked at the seed vault as sort of a doomsday apocalypse type of place, where if we were ever attacked by zombies or if we couldn't feed ourselves into the future, people could go to the seed vault and regrow food for all of humanity. But in reality, the seed vault is a resource for people today. This retrieval happened in 2015, and this was the first time that a seed bank had actually needed to take their seeds out. And so this moment kind of proved to the global community that the seed vault um, was really important and that it functions like it should. Sierra, what do you love the most about your job? Honestly, one of the best parts of my job is talking to people like you. My job at the Crop Trust is to explain why seeds are so important to different audiences around the world. Without seeds, we won't be able to feed ourselves now or feed our grandchildren later, especially when you take things like climate change and growing populations. And so being able to communicate why seeds are so important is really fun for me, but it's also really rewarding. 
We look at the supermarket shelves and we might not think that we have food shortages or that we're losing the diversity of our food, but we actually are every single day. And so being able to communicate this to people and make them understand why this diversity of our food is so important is something that I really find valuable. So Sierra, do you have any advice for any of our listeners who just really love science? My advice would just be to continue to be curious. Never stop asking questions and please don't forget about plants. I think today with so many advances in technology, it can be really easy to forget about nature and about biodiversity. But seeds and the diversity of our foods have so much untapped potential. And there are so many more people around the world that need to get into the science of plants. So I would just encourage you to start growing your own food and learn the science of that and go from there and see where it takes you. Sierra, if someone wanted to learn more about this Fallbard Global Seed Vault, where should they go? They should go to croptrust.org. We actually have this virtual reality tour of the seed vault at tour.croptrust.org, where you can see the inside of the seed vault if you're interested in actually knowing what it looks like. Um, And there you can learn more about our work. Sierra, it was really great talking to you today. Thank you so much for taking the time. Yes, thank you for listening. It was great talking to you as well. Well, this episode has vine ripened and is ready to be picked. We're out of juicy facts for today, but come back on Friday to hear more about tomatoes. We'll be back in the lab with an exciting edition of our Pressing Questions segment. And remember, at the end of the season, we'll be using all of our ingredients in a recipe to cook together. Can you guess what it is? If you love Mystery Recipe, be sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. That way, you won't miss an episode. Until then, keep on cooking. Mystery Recipe is hosted by me, Molly Birndam. And I'm a chef's hat. Chad Chennai is our writer and producer. He's an apron covered in flour. Our executive producer is Caitlin Kelleher. She's a trusty wooden spoon. Scoring, sound design, and mixing by Matt Boynton of Ultraviolet Audio, The Cutting Board. Jonathan Roberts composed our theme music. He's the timer on your microwave. Our post-production supervisor is Hen Margolis, a measuring cup. Our production manager is Diane Knox, who is also our grocery list. Jack Bishop is our chief creative officer at America's Test Kitchen. He's the oven. David Nussbaum is our CEO, our favorite cookbook. Special thanks to our senior science editor, Paul Adams, our deputy editor, Kristen Sargianis, and editorial assistant, Katie O'Hara. Fact-checking by Kaya Williams. Special thanks to Sierra Martin of the Global Crop Diversity Trust. Thanks again to our sponsor, Purdue. Mystery Recipe is a production of America's Test Kitchen Kits. Hi, grown-ups. I wanted to tell you a little bit about our newsletter. If you love the fun food content we share on Mystery Recipe, then sign up today for our ATK Kids newsletter to receive even more recipes, activities, and stories from me straight to your inbox. As a mom of two, I always try to include things that are important to my family, and it's a great way to hear about all the new things we are cooking up at ATK. Plus, every new email added will be entered for a chance to win three free ATK Kids books for toddlers through teens. We'll draw 10 winners every month while the promotion lasts. And we have some great books available all the time. Head to atkkids.com newsletter to sign up today for your chance to win. 